folks, welcome to a brand new episode of Bullet Points. I am your host, Ty B, and tonight I'm joined by Kevin Masari and Mike Bunt. And speaking of Mike Bunt, we got to give a shout out to our sponsors over at Wester and the best hashtag in all of Twitter. Give it to me, Kev. Buy from Bun. Buy all the good stuff over there, all the different brands. Hashtag buy from Bun. Yeah, get down there. Main Street, East Aurora. Mike, hit him with those deals. Got to get it to East Aurora right now. I got the Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, anything Wester has I can sell. I need a better month than what I've had so far. So please come to me. I'll get you the deals. I'm your man. So tonight we're going to have a huge matchup for this UB Bulls team as they host the Ball State Cardinals. Last time out, it wasn't good down there in Muncie, Indiana. It was an 88-68 loss. But right now, both these teams are sitting with a 7-5 record in MAC play. UB obviously with that huge 83-67 win. Let's talk about that first. How did you see that game play out? Yeah, I mean, they jumped out. Um, first five minutes was kind of back and forth, but then from there, I mean, they didn't score for what was it, like a good seven minutes or something. Um, you know, UB then, they were they were up pretty big, 26 to 10. Um, Toledo stormed a little bit back toward the end of the first, but then went cold again um, for a 52 to 28 halftime score UB. Um, it came out in the, they coming out in the second half lately though, just like so lackadaisical and Toledo actually did cut it. To, did they cut it to single digits? Uh, I believe they did cut it to single digits at one point and it was pretty nerve wracking reminder of the CMU game, but uh, they, they closed it out and they, they kept them double digits at bay. This hard net starts probably been a good move for this team so far. Second back-to-back win, second back-to-back game where he started. Uh, Jonathan Williams' minutes are still being reduced, 18 minutes, um, which I find very interesting. Talked about it, I think, on our last show, um, last edition. But his minutes uh, are really up and down. I mean, he played 18 against Toledo, then he went back to 28 on CMU. 20 and EMU, 18 and against Akron. So, I mean, he's, they are limiting his minutes to half of the game, which is interesting. I'm not sure the exact reasoning for that right now. Javon Graves was his normal self with 27 points. Uh, the difference that this team has when he scores 27 compared to 12 when he's shooting, you know, four for four for 14, as we've seen uh, in a couple of games back. So that's pretty big and important for us right now, Mike. I don't know if you got any news and nuggets, but uh, do you got, do you like Imbala coming off the bench or, I mean, I'm I, cool. I'm cool I, with it. I I look at it as a continuation of what they did with Nick Perkins in the past. I think it helps him uh, as far as not getting some quick early fouls. Uh, it's a momentum builder coming out of the first break. Um, I'm a fan of it. Um, is Mbala better than Hardnett, or who who else you can put on the floor to start the game? Yeah, Mbala is probably a better player overall. But I, I like how it kind of gets the flow going on uh, for the team. And I honestly keep going with that uh, going forward. I've liked what I've seen from Hardnett recently. He's definitely stepped up uh, his level of play. Um, I'm probably not as much of a fan of doing it when you have a guy like Brock Bertram starting, just because I'm worried that that could lead to a slow start. But uh, overall, I was really pleased with how the team came out against Toledo. That was a game that they had to win. And they won it in pretty easy fashion outside of a few minutes in the second half where they let 
the Rockets play their way back in it. I, I think we're starting to see Javon Graves take over, which is what I've been calling for the entire season. He's uh, elevated his play. He's really starting to take on that primary scoring role. And I, I think what we saw the last couple games is when UB can actually play with some control where they're limiting their turnovers and playing some of this pressure defense that they, they've been showing that their potential is unlimited. Uh, they've been balling on both sides of the court the last couple games. And I'm, I'm really excited about what that means for their future because CMU for the first 20 minutes in Toledo for the first 20 minutes uh, had no clue what was going on. They couldn't generate any offense for the life of either team. Second half, they found a little bit of openings, but that's three straight games UB has held opponents to in the 60s. If they keep playing that way going forward, this team is going to be the favorites in Cleveland in March. Yeah, this team seems to be finding that defensive chemistry right when you need it. And, you know, that might be one of these reasons why you see Gabe Grant maybe poaching some of these minutes there from Jonathan with him getting into 21 minutes actually um, at Toledo there, only putting up two points and three rebounds. So I, I guess that's probably where you get that from. And I mean, he shoots he's, one for four every game, though. Yeah, but he, he's also not turning the ball, didn't turn the ball over in those 21 minutes, which is a mark, a marked improvement over what we've seen at different points this year. But I don't know. It's it's interesting to see them go with this, you know, mixed lineup. Now you see Rondo getting big minutes too off the bench in that game, uh, even though he was struggling from the field a bit. Um, as well, getting Savion in there early in the first half. That was something a little bit different there, Kev. Yeah, no, as the the illness to Nickelberry, um, Brock not playing, you know, Savion comes in as instantly the ninth and final guy in the rotation. So you saw him a little bit early and often. He picked up three fouls pretty early and didn't really see the floor after that. Um, so Goo's been struggling a little bit, guys. We need him off the bench um, in a bigger game. This wasn't one, but... Um, you know, 30 minutes, he's got to do a little bit better than his five points. And, um, you know, I'm a big field field goal uh, percentage guy. I don't ever like to see two for 11 on my screen um, at any point. So he's got to do a little bit better than that. And even more worrisome um, is those three turnovers and two assists. Can't have that lopsided out of your point guard there. Um, so he needed a little bit better out of that 30 minutes. But that's pretty much the only downfall of this game was Sagu's. Um, bench. I mean, that's a lot of minutes for his, his pretty lack of production. But you know, he'll, he, he's a spark plug. He's young. Um, I heard he got hurt in the shower or something. Um, I think that was what happened was foot. So you know, I'm just going to chalk it up to that. But um, other than that, I think that you know they, they did lose the second half, 39 to 31. Um, so that's something to be noted. They did play okay in the second half, but. I need to play a little bit better to me in the, in the second half of these games against CMU and Toledo when they're starting to play when they're starting to play Kent and Kent these teams that are going to play a little bit better defensively. But hey, guys, you, you can't forget that you know it was three straight games in the sixties EMU two, but they played two games in the sixties themselves EMU and CMU, so um, they they were struggling a little bit at least on the offensive side. Probably suffered uh, when Whitesell got into them for saying you know you guys aren't playing any defense uh, as we saw in that Bowling Green game <clears throat> that they most recently lost. So. We're going this this big game against Ball State. This Toledo team's terrible. They're going to even end up finishing, I think, 10th or 11th. Um, pretty likely you might see them if you don't get a bye. You're going to either see them, Miami, um, Western, or Ohio. Those are the most likely teams that you're going to see 
on your court if you don't complete these 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 games against huge games against Ball State and Penn State. If you're going to drop one, drop it to Ohio in Ohio in a couple of weeks. Even though you should beat them, um, it's not going to hurt you in the standings. You can't lose these two games, Mike, especially this this big time matchup coming up. But <clears throat> they did what they needed to do in Toledo. It's never easy to win there. Um, these road games, I thought UB's been pretty good on the road. I've had no big issues except for Ball State with this team's performance on the road um, thus far this season. But Vanderbilt and um, Ball State were the two road games I'd want back. Other than that, they've played pretty well on the road, uh, better than at home. So, I mean, is that, how do you see it? How do you, how, do you, how do you set this game up for us going into Ball State here, Mike? So, uh, I, you guys – you're going to think I'm crazy for thinking this, but I honestly believe tomorrow is a lot. Well, this game is a lock for, for UB. I think wow. they're going to take down Boston State. I, I, just the way they lost on the road in Muncie in the first game, I think that was an embarrassment for this squad. Yep. And what I normally notice is when this team is challenged, that's when they step up. Uh, they've had a lot of letdown games, and their few losses against top-tier top competition this year at home were games they weren't able to close late. And I think those learning experiences will will play a huge role in a game like tomorrow uh, against the Cardinals. Um, the one thing that uh, I did want to also bring up, uh, Ball State, uh, obviously I, I lived not too far away from uh, Muncie when I was in Indiana for a couple years. My wife actually attended Ball State, and so there's a little bit of a, of a – husband-wife rivalry with this game. And then one of the players on Ball State I actually covered while he was in high school, Kyle Mallers, who uh, actually had 11 points uh, and three rebounds in the first game against UB earlier this year. Uh, so he's a good player that I that I uh, enjoyed watching in high school. But as far as this game is concerned, UB is just, in my mind, they have the better players. They just need to show up. Uh, it's, it's obvious they didn't show up the first meeting. I think we'll see it in play well tomorrow and I think UB is going to continue uh, to play well down the stretch I'm right with you uh, they got to find a way to win these next two games uh, especially with Kent uh, and the Cardinals fighting for uh, Mac positioning I think the game at Akron at home uh, will be a, a good opportunity for UB as well I think UB proved on the road that they're just as good as the Zips and I like the schedule down the stretch I see no reason why this UB team can't get one of the top four seeds uh, in the MAC. It's not going to be an easy road, but I I look at the paper, I look at the talent this team has. They are one of the top four teams in the MAC talent wise. They just have to find a way to get it done. Yeah, and you talk about this team with with all that talent. You look right there at Devonte Jordan. He's one of only four players in the nation, averaging five rebounds, five assists, and two steals per game. I heard Brian Wolf bring that up on um, the UB Insider podcast or the uh, radio show the other day with uh, Paul Peck, and you know it's just it's absolutely unbelievable that he's able to do these things offensively, defensively, and chip in the way he does, and he's able to lead this team, and I think it really frees things up for a lot of those other guys to be a little bit more offensive minded when you look at what they're doing and getting able to run out and transition because of what he does being able to lock down the other team's best player in this team right now, UB is second in the nation in rebounding with 42.44 per contest only behind UNC. I think part of that is 
you know, that tempo style they play, but also, you know, just this all-around team defense lately that they've been forcing a lot of tough shots, you know, throughout it. So, Kev, how do you think that plays out in this game here with Ball State? Well, one of the key differences are going to be missing K.J. Walton, the redshirt senior from Indianapolis, a guy that's been really good, um, transferred in um, a couple of years ago. But he had some big-time offers. He went to Missouri, um, one of the better players to come out of Indiana. Um, and he's not playing. He's had this ankle injury. And really, the last time his last game, he shot 80% against Buffalo on 1-7. He hasn't played since. He's a key cog on defense. Uh, they're a little bit different with that. I'm not saying he's their, their premier scorer. He's probably their third or fourth best overall player. But he's a big loss for a team that doesn't carry a lot of depth. Um, so they're a defensive team, 26 in the nation, with only 62 points per game. They got the best of UB a couple of weeks ago, or really a month ago now. Um, they play efficient on offense, but not great. They re- don't rebound particularly well. Um, it's guys like Walton that uh, really played really solid, you know, premier style de- division one defense um, that really can slow you down. And they've, they've struggled a little bit lately. Um, so the Tajay Teague's a guy that just as a forward, just absolutely destroyed UB the first time they played him. Um, and UB has been doing a really good job with guards lately, like Marianne Jackson and a couple of the other premier guards. I, I thought they played Lauren Christian Jackson, probably Mac player of the year really well. Um, I thought they've done a really good job on the Kent game. Really? Oh, Ohio's big three got the best of them, but there's really no one else there. So UB's been great against guard plays, but I think it's Tajay Teague that's going to really, really cause some damage. Mike, what do you see? Yeah, as far as matchups and everything, uh, the first game it was uh, – I'm trying to find it right here. Just going to be one second. Uh, it was Teague that really went off against him. He had a monster game, uh, had, I believe, 25 points in uh, – Obviously, he's playing at, at forward right there. I I go into most games thinking that if it comes down to guard play, UB will have the advantage. It's just athleticism, ability to get to the hoop, ability to defend. Um, I, I give UB the advantage in that area most of the time. Uh, I think that's going to be the case tomorrow. You know a lot more about uh, these matchups than what I would uh, say for myself, Kev, but... Overall, it's one of those things where I like the matchup for UB, but they just have to show it. They they stunk stunk it up the first time these two teams played. Uh, they just have to find a way to to turn it around this time. Yeah, I mean, Ella means a nice baller for them. Bumbleo had a you know a decent game for them, and they've showed out you know throughout the season. And but I think you know they really did struggle the last time out there against a Bowling Green team who is without Dylan Fry now. So, you know, that's something to really, you know, keep an eye on is this Cardinals team, you know, trending downwards and and this Bulls team really maybe, you know, starting to trend upwards. And that's what you need right now. This is when you want your team to start peaking. It's not in November. It's not in the beginning of Mac play. It's right here at the end of Mac play, getting in the tournament, getting into the seeding time where things are really going to come down to crunch time. And right now, it seems like the Bulls are putting themselves in a good position here as long as you can get this win because then you're not, you know you you uh, take that tiebreaker away from Ball State. And I think that's a huge thing right there, Kev. Yeah, the tiebreaker is a big thing. Um, I've ran some models that show that losing the next two pretty much lock them into the six or seven seed. Winning the next two can push it as high as two or three. Um, this is really important time of the year. There's no more 
um, games to come. If they lose to Ball State tomorrow, uh, they're, they're in deep problems for the bye. Uh, really, they lose the tiebreaker to them, most likely Bowling Green, most likely Kent. Um, they're in – don't think they're going to catch Akron in the total win-loss column. So it comes down to this this ball state. You need to take care of Ball State at home and put them in position for a bye. It's as simple as that. Or they're going to end up in the sixth seed, sixth or seventh seed that I said they'd end up in. So – uh, it starts tomorrow to them and then on the road against Kent to really show, are they a five or six seed or are they going to be a three or four seed or higher? So, I mean, there's, there's, there's no other way around this one, guys. It's, it's a pretty big game. Um, I, I think that they're, they're well positioned, um, but they need to know that Ball State's going to play a lot of defense um, and they need to come out with a lot of energy and take this one on a Tuesday on a really nice afternoon on a Tuesday. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It's, the MAC this year is not uh, a top-heavy conference. You have a lot of these teams in the middle where it can go either way any night. Uh, I grouped Kent State, Buffalo, Ball State Central, Northern, all in that same category. The only two teams that have shown that they're a level above each other are Bowling Green and Akron. The rest of the league um, is up for grabs. Um, you, you really put it simple. Win tomorrow, you got a chance at that buy loose tomorrow, and you're going to have an upward battle uh, the rest of the year. And uh, it, it's as simple as this: if they lose tomorrow, it's it's the buy is probably out of the question going forward. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, I bet you Alumni Arena is going to be loud. It's going to be ready, and uh, and these are the games that that get you excited for uh, for everything. Uh, March Madness is almost here. And uh, I can't wait to, to see if the Bulls are up for the task. Oh, I'm so ready. I'm so ready for March. I'm so ready to get to Panini's. This Bulls team needs to get that by so that we're not worried. We're all planning our trips a week in, you know, a week out. Let's get this win tonight. It's going to be a huge game. I can't wait. It's going to be packed. If you're a student and you're listening to this, you should already, you know, be running to get in line because I think it's like the first 200, 250 students get a free Chick-fil-A sandwich. I don't care about their morals right now. You want that sandwich if you're a student. I want that sandwich. Yeah, I want that sandwich. You, especially if you're a broke college student. Get there and get that and get there and be loud for the Bulls. But let's go. It's time for some predictions. Kev, let's go. You lead it off. It's going to be a low-scoring game. These games have been in the 60s lately for UB. They did break through the 80s, but Toledo's really bad defensively. Um, uh, I think the numbers are, what, 143 minus 4.5. Yep. Um, they're saying UB's going to get into the 70s, huh? Um, I like it, UB 68. Ball State 63. I don't have them covering that four and a half points. I just think Ball State's defense is too good. Um, but I do think that's the. I'm going to go under on this one with that with that over under. But I am going to go UB um, in a game in the upper 60s for UB, just mainly because Ball State's lost the WMU and Bowling Green. Um, bad Bowling Green without Fry, and a really close game against NIU. So uh, they haven't been playing their best. Mike, what do you got? I have UB 72 to 65. Ball State's one of the top points allowed defenses in the country. They only allow 62.4 points per game, which is 26 in the nation. But I think UB is starting to find their offensive rhythm. Uh, they're going to find a way to, to score a little bit more than that uh, at Alumni Arena. 
uh, this week against the Cardinals, and I don't think Ball State's really going to be able to get in a rhythm. Uh, the last time they went against UB, Bulls' defense was still out of sorts, weren't defending at a high level. It's a totally different Bulls squad the last couple uh, games on the defensive side of the court. It's going to be close, but I think the Bulls are going to make the plays that they need down the stretch to get a nice win at Alumni Arena. So a few things to note speaking on this game, looking at it betting-wise, or just you know looking at the lines in general and how Vegas is thinking. you got Ball State on their over-unders on the season, only 6-1 over, 16-under, one push. UB's about even at 10-12-1, but UB's last five games all have gone under, and four of Ball State's last five have gone under with their only their last game going over. This line opened up at 139, has moved all the way up to 143.5. It looks like people are hammering that over, which has me to believe that that trend might continue, that it's going to be another under, especially with the way this UB defense has been playing. Um, I think the way that these teams match up, it's going to be another one of those max slobber knockers. It's going to be a close game, but... I, I don't even think this is a homer pick. It's just this game means more to these Bulls, especially after taking that huge loss early on in Mac play and Muncie. I think they bounce back. And I I really do. I think they get this win. I think it's going to be – it's going to come right down to the nitty-gritty. Someone's going to have to step up, hit a couple clutch free throws late, and if they do that, they seal the deal. UB 65-62. I, I I believe in it, Kev. I believe in it. We just got to get to Panini's, right? Got to get to Panini's. Got to get there. I'm ready for it. Oh, there's nothing more than we we all want right now than a huge run going into Cleveland. Let's get hot right now. <laughs> I'm already all planning on it. Got that Saturday off. Uh, Friday off as well, so... If they're not in Cleveland on Friday, I'm going to be pretty depressed. <laughs> All matters is getting to Paninis. Got to get to Paninis. <laughs> but, guys, different year, it's going to be a little more of a challenge. I mean, just to get to that Friday is not, not a gimme anymore right now. More fun. More fun. Yep. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Like, we haven't had to worry in a couple of years. So it's going to be, you know, like, it's, it's taking us back. Like, it's getting us back into the – the real thrill of it, we sort of took it for granted at least last year, and then you had to sweat it out Friday night, and oh my gosh, that feeling there, you know, when they go down big and they make that run to come back. Right. Geez, just it's going to be you know that all over again, but just not going in there with all the cockiness. It's just going to be great, you know, because all these MAC games generally throughout the season, it's like eighty percent of the games have been within five points. Just think, year, about it. think about the crowds too. Like if it continues to play out this way, where you have Bowling Green one, Akron two, say Kent State sneaks in as a three or a four, and you get UB in that top four, those crowds on semifinal Friday are going to be electric. It's been a while since you've had four teams that you knew could have fan bases that will show up and and pack the queue. When it's like that, nothing beats it. The last couple of years, it's been a little weak uh, from a fan support perspective. I'm I'm expecting a big turnout this year uh, down in Cleveland. 
Oh my god! I'm just so keep NAU up. and Ball State out of it then. Absolutely. Absolutely, those two two of the top five right now. So get them out of it. I don't want to see either of them semifinal fighting. They don't bring anybody. No, let's let's knock them out and let's end this. Let's take over and let's get to a top four position. Guarantee us a spot in Cleveland. We don't want as much as we would love an extra game in Amherst. We don't want to sweat that. We want to get there, and we want to be in Panini's celebrating with the rest of the Bulls fans for Kevin Masari and Mike Bunt. Hashtag buy from Bunt. Bunt. Get to West her. Beat, ball, sack. I mean, state.